Thanks for listening to the New Life Church Cersei podcast. We're glad you're here today. I want to remind you, if you'd like to give to what God is doing here in Cersei, you can text the word Cersei to 88000 or go to newlifechurch.tv slash giving to give online. As always, thank you so much for your faithfulness and supporting the local church. We want to remind you, due to COVID-19, our in-person services are no longer happening, but you can join us Sunday mornings at 1030 on Facebook or YouTube or Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. on Facebook. Just search NLC Cersei. Now prepare your hearts for a great word from Pastor Kevin today. Hey, New Life Church. So good to uh, be with you again on the podcast this afternoon. And I'm going to be talking today. If I could give this a topic, I would call it Butter Knife Believers. And I actually taught on this live Wednesday night through Facebook But I wanted to come back and kind of redo it in this setting for our podcast because I I do think it's relevant to where we are right now, Um, not just as a local church, but kind of how we are perceiving the world right now in terms of the tension in our country. And I just want to remind us of how good the Lord is. And so I'm going to start today by taking you to Ecclesiastes. So if you're taking notes or you want to follow me, I'm going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 8 through 10. And the author here is going to pull out some big truth for us. And it's going to kind of seem random, maybe. Um, But I think once I start to break this down, you'll kind of see where um, he's going with it or where I believe he's going with it. So let me read Ecclesiastes 10, 8, 8 through 10. This is what it says. Whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Now, if this were a live setting, if we were in the church and I was you know, speaking before you as a live audience, I would ask you to repeat this word may because he says it many times and it's, it's that equivalent to might or perhaps. Okay, so he says whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. Whoever quarries stones may be injured by them. Whoever splits logs may be endangered by them. And then in verse 10 he says, If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. So I think the you know the very first thing that sticks out to me that I would want to talk to you about is that every one of us runs the risk of the unknown, right? I mean, in verse 8 and 9, he commits it to say, you're going to set up to do a good thing. You're going to dig a pit. You're going to break through a wall. You're going to quarry stones. You're going to split logs. Those are good, productive things, the things that we set our hands to do, our daily tasks or passions, if we were to equate that to modern day, uh, things that we love, things that we're passionate about. And then he goes on to use these may phrases. You may fall into it. You may be bitten. You may be injured. You may be endangered. We all run the risk of the unknown. So exercising or fleshing out what our heart desires runs a risk of being hurt. Sometimes the church hurts, right? I mean, sometimes we, against our better wishes— Against our good intentions, we still accidentally hurt people. 
So on our way to living out our passion, and I want you to think about whatever that passion is in your own life, we might run into some challenging things. You know, looking at the world today, we may run into some scary things, some life-changing things. Given the events of this week, I would say that that's true. But So let's talk about this dull axe for just a minute. And I'm going to reread verse 10. It says, If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed. I want to talk about that for a minute. The word dull, if you were to go and look it up, it would culminate to mean these couple of things. To have less interest or to be less intense. So I want you to think about your walk with God. And I want you to think about that word dull as it means to have less interest or be less intense. Maybe you're at this point in your life where you feel like you've already navigated the shallow waters and you really need to push out into some depth. And so your relationship or your walk with God feels dull. Maybe you've been in your relationship with Christ for decades and you're just at this point where you feel like you haven't discovered any revelation in a while. So you have less interest and less intensity. So there are so many ways to be dull in our walk with God, right? If if we don't know what our purpose is, that's obviously a dull moment. I mean, we we get up, we do all the things, we go through our daily routine, but there's a window in there where we're supposed to be executing purpose. And if you don't know what that is, I would say that that qualifies and meets the criteria for this definition of dullness. I think if we don't have a knowledge of the Word of God or we have a lack of faith, we're probably operating or living a life that is dull. It doesn't mean that we're, we don't have value. It doesn't mean that the job can't get done, but it does mean it's going to require more strength. Um, for us to believe that there's only one way to do church, right? I mean, we're learning some very hard lessons this week about diversity. And so I think it behooves us to realize that there's more than one way to worship. Now, there's only one God. There's only one Christ. There's only one Spirit. But there's more than one way to worship. There's also more than one way to serve people. I mean, each of us like doing different things to serve people. Even if you look at the DNA and culture of our church, you see different ways. Some people like parking cars. Some people like teaching children. Some people like pouring coffee. Uh, Some people like tending to reset or picking up between services. There's just all ways, all kind of ways to serve. There's also more than one way to express your faith. Um, So just in case, you know, you get to heaven and your brand of church isn't the only one there, I don't want you to be disappointed because I think there's a lot of different ways that people can express their faith toward God. So let's look at this part where it says more strength is needed, okay? I don't know about you, but lately I have definitely felt like more strength is needed. Now, that could possibly be because I've let myself fall into the habit of living from my own strength, which is never enough. If I'm leaning too hard into what I think I know about something or if I'm leaning into a skill set, it's never enough strength for me. Maybe I've looked at the situations with COVID or George Floyd and they just seem like they are enormous issues. Like, I've wondered so many times this week, I mean, how could I really help in something that is this grand and big? How can I make people feel better? How can I rally people toward peace? Um, how, how can we truly teach or see or express or change our minds to know that 
every single life is valued and important to the Father. Well, there's a lot in there I don't know, but here's what I do know. Okay, we have a great need right now to be full of God's Spirit. I believe if I was going to use this metaphorically, God's Spirit is the edge on the axe. Okay, um, I frequently, and I've shared this with you many times, but I watch some restoration shows on YouTube. They're highly addictive. I think it's because I love the process of something transforming, something that was useless and that people picked up at a garage sale for 10 bucks. They've turned it into this masterpiece. But they always, you know, I've watched these guys do knives or axes and they restore them. They always sharpen the edge last. They get the new handle, they take all the rust off, they do all the work, and then the finishing touch is to sharpen the edge. It's what comes right before um, the full purpose is fulfilled. And I, I see that in us. You know, we're just, we've been redeemed and set apart, and God has given us a plan. And, and just, just before, you know, we're able to go out and do these incredible things in the name of the Lord, we get the edge, the finishing touch. So how can we possibly be afraid of or resist a gift that has been given by Jesus, right? I mean, John chapter 15 and 26, he says, When the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. This is a gift from Jesus. The Holy Spirit is a gift. We also know from the book of Matthew chapter 7, he says, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those that ask him? So... The last part of that, verse 10, he says, skill will bring success. And here's where my topic comes in, butter knife believers, is because you can cut down a tree with a butter knife. You really could. I mean, I could I could go to my kitchen drawer and get out a butter knife and find a tree in my backyard, and I could, if I consistently gave it an hour a day, I went out there and I chipped away, maybe I put on a glove and I just held that butter knife and I chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And every day, every day, every day consistently, I would eventually, maybe it would take years, I would fall that tree because a butter knife can do it. But a butter knife is primitive, right? It's not powerful. And skill without an edge is not powerful. It's only potential. And maybe some of you listening today, this is how you're living your life. You're a butter knife believer. You know, you go at the big things in life and it feels like so much strength is required. And you don't have an edge anymore in, in your life. It's You feel like what you're using is primitive and it's not powerful. And it's just this story of what could be. Like it's all about potential, but it's never about the right now moment, sharp, edgy, doing things with some ease. Well, let me give you an example of what, what that's like, okay? You go to the store and you buy a box of crayons, right? We all loved them as kids. I'm going to be honest. I still love a good box of crayons. So you go get a box of crayons, and in all those colors, there's a white crayon, okay? And so the white crayon, it wears the same jersey as the other crayons. It made the, 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 the team, you know, way to go, white crayon. But it spends the majority of its time in the box. Okay, no one uses the white crayon. I guess it's in there because if you use colored paper, but most of us, I'm going to throw out a crazy statistic, 95% of us use white 
paper. We find scrap paper. We find copy paper. We find notebook paper. Nobody uses the white crayon. This is the life of a dull axe, right? You're in the box. You got the jersey. You made the team. Congratulations. But you spend the majority of your time on the sideline. So let me conclude some thoughts, okay? I mean, what if you're listening today and, and you're like, I'm so dull. Like, my life, I'm to this point spiritually where I'm bored and I just don't know how to get the edge back. Okay, let me apply this just a little bit. Here's what we know from Scripture is that iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27, 17 tells us this. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So here's the practical questions. Who are you hanging out with? Are they full of God? Are they positive? Are they life-giving? Do they give you energy or do they, they drain you? Who is your inner circle? Are the people you're spending the most time with, are they encouraging you and championing you on to do greater things? Or are they sapping the strength right out of you? Iron can sharpen iron. If you don't have someone like that, I think you need to pray for them to come into your life. So just ask the Lord. Bring somebody in my life who's an encourager. The second thing would be to get God's Word in your heart, not in your head. Okay? Hebrews chapter 4, and I used this a couple of weeks ago, but it says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. And here's the big part is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Man, when you think about this week, when we think about the events that have unfolded with George Floyd, don't we need this? Don't we need a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart? People are saying a lot of things and, and accidentally offending. People are choosing sides. People are rioting. We need a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart, and only the Word of God can do that. As of late, I've been taking voluntarily, I've been taking a course that's been offered by Yale, and Dr. Laura Santos is the professor of that course. And in one aspect of the course, she's talking about this G.I. Joe fallacy is what she calls it. I don't know if you guys remember growing up in the 80s, but there was a cartoon, G.I. Joe. And at the end of every cartoon, there was a public service announcement. So it was like, don't go out into the street or don't do this or don't do that. It was a PSA at the end of all of it. And G.I. Joe would come on and he would make this classic statement, knowing is half the battle. But the G.I. Joe fallacy is this. It's the mistaken idea that knowing is half the battle, but no action is required. In other words, we get comfortable with just knowing, and that's not enough. We are inundated with information, but we're stuck between information and transformation. So it's important that this process of getting God's Word from our head to our heart is finished, that we don't just know it. That's just half the battle, but we got to flesh it out. Okay, third, and this is the one that I'm going to end with, to make depth part of your life, right? You know, going through COVID and coming out the other side of it without bitterness or watching the events in our country or being personally impacted by the events in our country and coming out the other side without being bitter is going to require some depth. 
It's going to require some roots, some spiritual maturity. And I pray that all of us will gain depth and sharpness in our walk. We can't live life from the shallows and maintain an edge. So I'll end with this great quote because some of you are wanting to know, um, what, what, is, what is going on? How, how, do I, how do we move forward? Well, Arthur Ashe made this great quote. He said, start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. And I think that's so rich. So start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. So I just want to pray right now over those of you listening. Maybe you've got a big need. Maybe COVID has impacted you. Maybe you are just so frustrated and discouraged by the events in our country right now. Well, listen, the Holy Spirit knows your heart. He's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of it. And so I want to pray with that. God, I love you. I thank you that you want us to have an edge. You want us to be able to be a productive, powerful people, not a butter knife believer. So I pray right now for everyone whose life is being impacted, for everyone who's struggling, for everyone who's been sick, for everyone who's had to watch news stories and just be frustrated and hurt and discouraged and broken. And I pray that you would be a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. Help us to be a good people, to represent you well, and to know that every single life matters to the Father. So for those that are listening and have big needs, for those who need to get their edge back, I pray you help. We ask you for it. Your word tells us if we seek, we find you. And that's what we do right now. We just seek you. So just like that restoration show, I pray that you put the edge as the finishing touch back on our lives so that we can go into this world and be productive. We love you. We thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray.